But they are not Jedi, Rhaegor said softly. Not yet. And somehow, these gentle words, from a Jedi who rarely spoke, summed up everything they felt, and everything they feared. Chapter 12 Ferris was right. Ferris was always right, except when he was wrong. Anakin hurried along the streets of Tacto with the others. News of the delay of the evacuation ships had leaked out. Security officers had called for help. A riot had broken out in the last remaining shop to sell bioisolation suits. While he raced along with the others, Anakin's mind was busy furiously reviewing the scene with Galen. Ferris's too respectful questioning had gotten them nowhere. As soon as Anakin began to make some headway, Ferris had interrupted. You handled Galen well back there, Dara said to Ferris. I don't think I could have held my temper. It does us no good to make him angry, Ferris said. He is still a source of information for us. Anakin snorted. Some source? He didn't tell us anything. He treated us like kids, and you let him get away with it. Ferris glanced down and gave him a cool look as he kept up his easy loping stride. Anakin wished he weren't so tall. He didn't tell you anything either. He was about to, Anakin shot back. So, you can see into the future, Ferris said. Hmm, that's very unusual for a Padawan. Anakin flushed angrily as Dara giggled. As long as we keep our lightsabers sheathed, True spoke up suddenly. The three Padawans looked at him. We can handle the riot peacefully, he explained. Now they could hear the roar of the crowd ahead. They picked up their pace and raced to the spot. Blasters had been drawn. Radnorans lay bleeding on the streets. More pushed to get inside the store. Bio-ISO suits had been torn to shreds by competing Radnorans. Over a voice amp system, the shop owner was desperately attempting to quiet the crowd. There are no more suits, he cried. No more suits! Go home! The shop is empty! We need to get to the voice amp, Anakin said. Keep your lightsaber sheathed, Ferris warned. We can handle this peacefully, if we keep calm. Ferris was giving orders again. Anakin turned away and tried to push his way through the crowd. Dara and True joined Ferris in breaking up fights and trying to calm the crowd. It was difficult to do this without hurting anyone. At first the Radnorans were furious at the Jedi. They had to dodge blows as they sought to calm tempers. Anakin made his way to the frightened owner. I must use your voice amp, he told him. I can calm the crowd. The owner handed him the amp. Be my guest. Anakin spoke clearly into the amp system. The Avani have pledged a fleet of ships to airlift the citizens off planet. They are achieving orbit now. There is room for all. Everyone will be evacuated before the wind shift. A few Radnorans closest to the amp heard the message and began to talk amongst themselves. Anakin repeated the message. Gradually, the crowd began to settle down. Where do we report to? How will this be handled? Someone called. The evacuation team will alert each of you where and when to show up, Anakin announced. But that means you must return to your homes. Slowly the crowd began to disperse. The crisis was averted. But the owner's business had been completely destroyed. The battered sign reading Bio-ISO suits 5,000 Carsims swung crazily in the stiff breeze. It almost serves him right for charging so much, Dara said, 
as the last burst of wind sent the sign crashing to the street. I wish communication were better with our masters, True said. They will know when and how the Ivani fleet is arriving. We need to give the Radnorans more information. I think we should take a look at the comm system, Anakin said. There might be a way to fix it, or at least fabricate a makeshift comm unit that has enough power to reach the other sector. Ferris shook his head. We won't be able to fix a planetary system, he said. Atmospheric disturbances are too great. We don't know that, Anakin argued. It's worth a try. We need to coordinate with the other sector. Here we go again, Dara said, looking from Anakin to Ferris. Don't you two ever agree? Anakin looked at True. He needed backup. I think we should try it, True said. Why not, Dara agreed. We're at a dead end anyway. Ferris nodded. All right, but while you and True work on the comm problem, Dara and I should investigate those prototype droids. Maybe if we find out how they were stolen, we can find out more about the raiders. I'm still worried about who is behind them. So am I, Anakin said silently. We all are. The two Padawan teams split up. Anakin and True retraced their steps back to the emergency command center. They needed to get permission from Galen to access the central power source. Why not? Galen said, waving a hand. Our tech experts can't fix it. Give it a try. Anakin and True entered the comm center. Thanks for backing me up, Anakin said. Have you noticed how Ferris has been taking control? No, True said. I've noticed he's had some good ideas. So have you. Well, I don't like being bossed around, Anakin muttered. True gave him a sidelong look. This isn't a game of sabacc, Anakin. No one is keeping score. We're all just trying to do the right thing. I don't like the way he operates, that's all, Anakin said. True shook his head. You're doing the same thing he's doing, Anakin. You're thinking ahead. You're coming up with ideas. You two are the most experienced Padawans on the mission. It's natural. I like Ferris. You would, too, if you gave him a chance. He has plenty of friends for a reason. Ferris doesn't have friends. He has followers, Anakin said. He didn't like the way the conversation was going, so he began to study the council. This is pretty standard. True bent over some large-scale holophiles. I found the blueprint of the system, he said. We should be able to pinpoint the problem. Fixing it is another matter. Let me try the rangefinders first, Anakin said. He bent over the tech console, his fingers flying. He was lucky that he'd excelled in his tech classes. He hadn't been content to merely learn what the masters had wanted him to. He had haunted the tech rooms at the temple, eager to find out how everything worked. Anakin tried sending a series of messages, then backtracked through the system, attempting to locate the precise problem. Puzzled, Anakin frowned. I know. I don't get it either, True said, jumping into the middle of a conversation they weren't having, as he usually did. It doesn't make sense. If the toxin had created a disturbance in the atmosphere, the sensor should be recording the activity. Everything checks out in the planet itself, Anakin said, clicking a few more keys. The system should be working. Only it isn't, True said. You've got to trust reality over a sensor, no matter how much it hurts. Sensors don't lie unless they're broken, Anakin said. And these aren't. Suddenly, he looked up and met True's silvery gaze. No, True said. Yes, Anakin said. What else can it be? The comm system isn't being jammed in the planetary atmosphere. 
It's being jammed from space. True whistled under his breath. Which means someone somewhere wants to cut the planet off. And that can only mean one thing. Invasion, they said together. Chapter 13 Curie sat in the office, a plate of untouched food pushed away from her and a data pad in front of her. She rested her head against her hand, and behind her mask, her eyes were closed. Obi-Wan and Siri paused. If Curie was resting at last, they didn't want to disturb her. Without opening her eyes, she spoke. We can't find it. Whatever makes Wilk immune to the toxin, we might never know. We've checked out everything. I'm sorry, Siri said. Curie opened her eyes. She started to scratch her head, then remembered she was in her isosuit. She grimaced. There's something else. We used our lab facilities to run the tests. While we waited for results, I looked up everything on the toxin. I'd already done that when this first happened, but things were moving so fast. I didn't have time to look closely. There are gaps in the research. What do you mean? Obi-Wan asked. Gaps in the way it was conducted? No, Curie said. Gaps in the records. There are files missing. So it's possible that, Siri began, that the accident wasn't an accident, Curie finished. They left Curie, who was about to return to her lab to investigate further. Obi-Wan looked at Siri. The ferry ship should have landed by now. She nodded. Let's go. The Avon fleet had landed on the outskirts of the isolation sector. Obi-Wan and Siri took Curie's airspeeder, which she'd made available for their use. They stopped the speeder a few hundred meters away from the ferry ships, hiding it behind a rocky outcropping. The wind was strong here, driving the dust against their clothes. The bio-isosuits protected their eyes and skin from the peppery blasts. The gleaming black ships had landed in formation. A few Avani workers, dressed in bio-isosuits, were ferrying skiffs out the cargo load doors, no doubt they're going to use the skiffs to ferry the Radnorans from Albendo to the fleet, Obi-Wan murmured. There must be another ship on the other side of the energy gate for Tacto. Then why offload them now, Siri asked. And why are they full of Durasteel crates? Good question, Obi-Wan said. Let's get closer. They moved from rock to rock, trying to get close enough to see what was inside the skiffs. As they lingered in the shadow of a ship's wing... The passenger ramp suddenly lowered, and a Vani officer strode down. Progress report, he called out to the workers. The worker quickly approached him with a data pad. Obi-Wan glanced at Siri, and after a wordless communication, they both dashed up the passenger ramp. The ship hallway was deserted. Quickly, they made their way down it. Now they were in the cargo hold of the ship. There were no ground craft here, no guards or officers. Obi-Wan accessed the door, keeping himself well out of sight as it slid open. He peered into the doorway. He found himself looking inside a large cargo bay. It was filled with battle droids that were ominously familiar. These are the prototype droids we fought in the clear sector, Siri said. How did the Ivani get them? They stepped through the doorway, 
At that instant, a detector light turned red. Mistake, Obi-Wan muttered. I think we just tripped a silent sensor. Suddenly, an alarm sounded. Intruder, a pleasant voice announced. Intruder? Not so silent, Siri said grimly. Let's get out of here while we can. But even as they turned, the first line of attack droids snapped to life. Behind them, the next line flipped into position, and blaster fire erupted around the Jedi. Chapter 14 Obi-Wan and Siri knew they were no match for this many droids. And at any moment, Avon troops could appear. Blaster fire pinged around them. Behind them, the door began to slide shut. Obi-Wan and Siri deflected blaster fire as they moved backward. The frequency of the fire was astonishing. The air filled with smoke. In their bio-iso suit, the Jedi could not move with their customary grace. Obi-Wan felt blaster fire uncomfortably close to his shoulder. Obi-Wan, Siri called. The doors were closing, and they were too far to make it. Obi-Wan stepped forward and, with one smooth motion, sliced the droid in half. He took the severed trunk of the body and tossed it back just in time to land between the closing door and the wall. With a grating noise, the door closed on the droid. The metal began to compress with a terrible groaning sound as the door struggled to shut. The gap was just wide enough for Siri to fit through. Even as she squeezed past, the door was closing. Obi-Wan's lightsaber danced, a blade of light that deflected the ongoing blaster fire of the droids. He squeezed through the opening after Siri. A prototype droid tried to follow and smashed into the door. Obi-Wan tumbled into the hallway as another droid fired between the gap. Blaster fire zinged past their ears. The droid tried to barrel its way through the remains of the first droid and the closing door. Obi-Wan and Siri didn't hesitate. As more droids thudded against the half-closed door, they ran for the ramp. The Ivani officer was still busy with the workers. He must have received the shipboard communication through his headset, for he turned and scanned the area. Intruders, he snapped to the workers. Leave the skiffs, secure the ferry ships, lock down all cargo holds. The workers began to move. In their bio-iso suits, Obi-Wan and Siri were able to blend in. They made their way along the line of ships, looking busy. Then they ducked behind the rocks and doubled back to their speeder. They jumped inside and took off. At least we weren't seen, Obi-Wan said. The Avani won't know we're onto them. They'll know something was aboard when they find several smashed droids and a broken door, Siri said as she piloted the speeder.